Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake. Now, Professor uh, Rod Walker, he's a professor of pharmaceutics at Rhodes University and was the first ever academic to receive a South African Pharmacy Council Pioneer Pharmacy Award. Mm-hmm. Professor, an award with a long name, but uh, it actually means you have been hard at work doing great things. Top of the morning to you. Thank you for waking up so early. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Very well. How's work? Oh, work is work, you know. One goes in, one does what one has to do. It's um, great fun. We got to do what we got to do. Congratulations on the award, Prof. Thank you. Please, please tell us about it. What, what does it mean? What, what, what is it that you've done for you to be recognized by your peers and other professionals? I think uh, for me, it's an acknowledgement of my contribution to the profession. And uh, certainly, I am passionate about the profession. Anybody I've, I've, I've supervised or graduated or worked with knows that I'll fight for it to the end. And uh, it's an acknowledgement of my contribution to making it move forward. And, and uh I'm proud of it. It's, it's nice to be the first. And uh, not only that, uh, you have put your creativity to great use now that uh, we have this pandemic on our hands. Well, yes. I mean, my whole area of expertise and interest is drug delivery and product development. And um, this was an opportunity to explore and expand my interest in manufacturing uh, with a real practical outcome, a positive outcome. The World Health Organization looking to you to help in this regard, particularly now, given you being in Emakanda and the challenges that are there, you and your team have gotten together to create sanitizers. Yeah, I mean, the WHO is not accredited our lab. Uh, I'm using their guide, as I, um, as I explained to some other people, which, which talks about uh, uh, producing a hand sanitizer in environments where you can't get it or it's too expensive. Um, and uh, as we know, with COVID spreading um, and continuing to spread, there is a shortage of sanitizer in our country, and it makes sense to be able to use our skills to to produce this product for, for local use, which is what it's intended. In your case, looking at Makanda, which communities would you say are affected and will benefit from your creativity? Okay, well, so uh, when I... When, just before uh, the, the pandemic sort of hit South Africa, um, a colleague sent me the email and said, well, do you think we can make this? And I said, it seems relatively easy. We can set up a system. And I started making initially 25 liters at a time uh, to be used on campus. Uh, but clearly things got ramped up. And, and with an agreement to the East Cape Department of Health, I started producing for distribution throughout the Eastern Cape, uh, obviously local hospitals and clinics are part of the Farah Batman district here, and they get access via the Department of Health. Wow, and obviously uh, because of challenges of uh, you know funds and all of that, and uh, marginalised communities like uh, the farm workers. Yeah, that uh, that relationship uh, with the Department of Rural Development and Agrarian Reform is a former one through the university uh, in that they've got a memorandum of understanding and agreement with the, the department. And they have a research institute in Sarahan uh, at Dona, and uh, I've been, uh, we've trained their technicians there to 
went back to the sanitizer. They came to Grahamstown or Makanda, and uh, <clears throat> we made 900 liters with their raw materials and trained their technicians. And then we're busy setting up a lab in Stutterheim so that they can manufacture for the uh, rural and uh, agricultural communities. Hey, I've seen all sorts of sanitizer, uh, Prof. My hands have changed color. They're brighter <laughs> than my face. And some sanitizers, you can tell that they're made of water. Some of them, they feel like dishwashing liquid. And I'm a bit confused. Your sanitizer, what does it contain? And uh, can it be friendly to my hands that look like they're, they're developing scales now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, we, moving into this uh, era of uh, constant hand hygiene, which, I mean, we always should have been, um, <clears throat> you are going to be... Uh, exposed to a lot more of these alcohol-based sanitizers. So uh, our, our sanitizer, it, it, I'm using the formulation one of the WHO, which is ethanol, glycerol, hydrogen peroxide, and, and water. <clears throat> um, the glycerol uh, is a humectant, so it uh, protects the skin a little bit and provides some emolliency so it, the skin doesn't dry out. Um, I think that the, if you read the WHO document quite carefully, it, it specifically says uh, a use of fragrances and dyes is not uh, recommended uh, because of the potential for allergy and those sorts of things. So we just make it uh, as, according to their formula, ethanol, hydrogen peroxide, glycerol, and sterile water. You know, at some point, you know, for lack of knowledge and understanding, I, I, I always thought ethanol sounds a bit of a dangerous substance you have to handle with care. Well, yeah, there, <clears throat> there's safety issues regarding its use, uh, its storage, um, you know, the, the stringent requirements in terms of fire protection. Um, but if you use the correct uh, form of the ethanol and you use it the right way, um, it should uh, not pose any dangerous uh, or side effects, etc. You know, it's not for drinking, so we shouldn't be drinking it. I, I'm thinking as well, as, as a pharmacist, uh, you, you will help in the situation where uh, some of us want to make our own and we mess up the measurements, which uh, would result in adverse effects on our hands. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think the most serious adverse effect you're going to have is, is essentially drying of the skin. Uh, with excessive alcohol, but the most dangerous side effect of this is if you don't put enough ethanol in, you're not going to uh, be able to um, sanitize your hands or, uh, uh, properly, and that's the that's the, the danger when the levels are too low. Sure, like I say, some of us use a finger to measure. Eh? We don't have the apparatus, <laughs> so long finger it means yeah, it's about five millimeters or something to that effect. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why, I, I mean, I wanted to make it is because we can make it according to the formula. We can document what we do. We actually do that. We, we have a batch record when we're making it. We have a label that has a, uh, a number on, a batch number on, and a date of manufacture. So I can trace if someone has a problem with a particular batch, they can get hold of us, and I can actually trace what happened on that day, what we, the source of the materials we used, the and, and, and check uh, everything out. So um, I'm using a, the principles of current good manufacturing practice while we're doing this as well. Uh, Prof, you, you're manufacturing this, uh, is it at a, at, a, at a cost to you and no cost to the beneficiaries? 
That's correct. The um, ethanol, I was fortunate to receive a, a major donation of ethanol from the South African Institute of Aquatic Biodiversity, uh, which is um, an NRS institution uh, associated with roads. It was formerly the JLB Smith Institute. And Dr. Patterson there, uh, an old friend and colleague, uh, said that they, you know, they use ethanol in, in, their, in their labs to store their specimens, and they had it at the start of this whole process and said, well, could we use it? So they donated a whole lot, which gave us the impetus to get to the point we are today. I've been fortunate to receive some ethanol from another supplier in Johannesburg, a, a donation, uh, and, and that particular individual and company is going to donate some more. The peroxide, hydrogen peroxide, and the glycerol uh, come from uh, the university. Uh, we are doing this pro bono, um, um, and we are donating the product to the East Cape Department of Health for the frontline workers in the clinics and hospitals. I'm, I'm told that uh, you actually record the process. Why is that, Prof? Well, you know, it's like with anything um, in, in, in manufacturing, and this is a standard approach in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and manufacturing, you do what you say and you document what you do. So you have standard operating procedures and you document that you follow those procedures so that if there's any untoward side effect that's reported, you can actually go to the source of the uh, and establish and identify what the source of the problem ultimately was. Um, so if you told me that you were using product uh, with a batch number XY or whatever it is, I'll be able to go and find that record in my records, and I'll say, oh, we used the glycerol from this particular supplier on that day. It's the only time we've used it. We need to check that out a little bit more. Yeah, because at the moment we're challenged. We have no choice. You go from one store to the next. They're going to sanitize you there. If you ask what's in it, they say, hey, sanitize or go home. Yeah, that, that, that is one of the challenges. Um, uh, and, I, and I think that's one of the reasons why the relationship with the East Cape Department of Health has arisen is because we are a faculty of pharmacy. Um, I'm using accredited pharmacy lab that is used for teaching, accredited for teaching, a sterile facility that we've adapted to manufacture this in. And uh, we are uh, using um, materials that we know the source, we know the quality at the start, and we are ensuring that the alcohol content at the end is the correct content before it's sent out for use. Uh, so, so I think we, we are in control of the quality of what we're producing. And, no. and, and, and for us and for me, you know, it is about uh, the relationships important because we are dealing with healthcare workers and who are seeing patients who require access to these, uh, these healthcare workers and, and for me, that's, that's, that's an important part of this whole fight against this virus. I'd, I'd like to believe, Prof, uh, over time you would want to share these skills of, make, of creating sanitizers because uh, this is how we're going to live going forward. Any, any opportunities to train the communities that you're currently helping out? Uh, well, I mean, I have a big dream at some stage to set up a, a facility, a manufacturing facility in Grahamstown. Not, it wasn't going to be for sanitizer originally, but this might be the impetus that uh, will create employment and uh, a few other things in the community. Um, there's a possibility that uh, when our final years, when our students get back to universities, that uh, we'll change our practicals in some way our practical course in some way that every single student who's going to graduate will 
be involved in the manufacture of sanitizer in this facility that we've got so that they go out as pharmacists with the necessary skills. Um, and, and, and as we expand the, 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 the capability of making it, which is relatively simple, but I think you want to control uh, the process, uh, we'll be able to ensure that uh, uh, there'll be more and more supply. Um, I have uh, been making uh, sanitizer in the same facility for a local NGO, a Bunya Foundation, who have provided the raw materials, and uh, they are distributing to their uh, stakeholders and, and communities that they support. Um, I, I suspect that we could we could actually uh, develop the skills in, in specific uh, healthcare professionals, clinics, and nurses as well. You know, I think it, it's something that we should be doing. And will probably continue to do as we move forward. Also, obviously, addressing the shortage of water and the challenges around droughts and just making the sanitizer available. Also, given the fact that uh, you need water and soap, some people cannot afford soap, sanitizer will take care of that problem. Well, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, you know, the WHO talks about the, this for, for places. Uh, use in places where access to running water and, uh, and soap and water, which is, uh, use, is important for hand hygiene and should be used, um, it, it makes a useful alternative. It becomes a very important alternative. And the East Cape is specifically an environment like that. We Remember, we've come to a really serious drought. Despite the good rains in some areas, the dams are not full. Um, and some areas that uh, we're talking about won't get winter rainfall either. So um, it makes sense to be able to produce the sanitizer and distribute it, uh, have it distributed to the, throughout the Eastern Cape, which is a drought-stricken province. The issue of distribution, Prof, given you know the community you're trying to help, uh, transportation and all of that must be a bit of a challenge. Are you getting any help in that regard? Okay. So I, I'm not distributing personally. Um, what is the way we're dealing with the East Cape Department of Health is I manufacture, we store it in, um, in, in at roads, and then they I, I inform them that we have X, X liters for distribution, and then they communicate with the district health uh, uh, pharmacists and, and 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 other heads of district health, and they then commute to Grahamstown and collect. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've distributed volumes of up to 375 litres via this way to Alfred and Zoe district, to Jokabi uh, district, to uh, Chris Harney, Tambo, it's been to Port Elizabeth, Kamani. Uh, it's going all over the Eastern Cape. Academics. Obviously, I'm thinking you're making a call to other academics and other professionals to, to, to join in and, and, and follow your, your example. Well, what I've, I mean, I've been fortunate that I have a postdoc uh, that I'm jointly supervising with, uh, with, with a dean of the faculty who uh, was one of my former PhD students. Um, she's assisting us in the manufacture. <coughs> Excuse me. And, Bless you. And... Uh, I have a couple of postgraduates, um, and, and, and my family, my daughters are helping as well in, in varieties of different ways. Um, the dean is very supportive. Uh, my colleagues 
uh, you know, we're also doing online teaching, so they're very involved with, with that. But, yeah, I, I mean, I would like to suggest that, that this is something that could be replicated elsewhere at other pharmacy schools by way of example. I hope many of them are listening right now and they'll be making inquiries with you, uh, Prof, to really get this going. It's going to go a whole long way in making sure that everybody gets a fair chance. I've, I've not uh, been in contact uh, or had any contact from my colleagues uh, at other pharmacy schools, but uh, would be willing to engage with them and uh, encourage them to do this. Um, it's, it's, it's not that difficult to make, and if it's done properly, we can guarantee that the, the product is, is going to be appropriate for use, and that's what's important. Fantastic stuff for Doc. Yeah, you're doing great work. Power to your hands, yours and your teams. And how can people get hold of you, Doc? A prof? Um, my email address is uh, <coughs> r.b.walker, r for Roderick, dot b for Brian, dot Walker, at ru for Rhodes University, dot ac for academic, za. Um, and then uh, the... I will uh, evaluate uh, and, and engage and, uh, and and point them in the right direction. Well, as they said, Prof. Jason Stair, you and your team, great work indeed, much appreciated. I hope uh, your colleagues around the country will follow suit and, and, and do their bit. So while, while other people are donating to the uh, Solidarity Fund, you're donating in a different way and it goes a long way in saving lives and flattening the curve. And long may your success be and your continued development in addressing uh, challenges that are there because this is when we are really and truly minding our business and doing something about it. Thank you, Manda. I mean, it's it's uh, it's been an interesting experience because, I, as I said to you, I've always been keen to get into the manufacturing <laughs> sphere of things, and um, this uh, this provided the opportunity. I mean, we went, as I said, from 25 liters, and we can make 300 liters at a time now, um, and with uh, access to raw materials, which I'm short of, such as ethanol, glycerol, hydrogen peroxide, and also containers. I can continually manufacture hypothetically 900 liters a day. So um, if I can get access to those materials, we can be producing. I hope the people who can provide extra material, and I mean, a lot of companies still have their um, CSIR budget still sitting there. I hope they'll throw them your way, uh, Prof, and uh, you can continue with your good work. No, oh, I'm, I'm hoping so. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I think that uh, it's a it's a project that that, that impacts uh, the, the right communities, the marginalised communities, and and I think that uh, we we have the skills and expertise that need in this country to to flatten this curve rapidly and efficiently, and we need to make sure that we use everybody's skills and expertise to our advantage in this respect. Prof, a pleasure to have you on the radio. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work and be blessed. Thank you very much. And you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you for the show. Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake.